this is the year of the week. I draw the line in the dust and toss the gauntlet before the feet of tyranny and I say... And that's Uncle Joe, he's a moving kind of slow at the junction. Keith Lincoln is the overwhelming choice as player of the game and the Chargers crush the Boston Patriots to win their first American Football League championship to their head coach, Sid Gilbert. How dare you and the rest of your barbarians set fire to my library. All right, gang. Should we, should we uh, welcome everyone back? Well, uh, welcome back, everyone. Everyone, welcome back. It's the year of the week. Great to see you guys. Great to hear you. Great to feel you. Great to know you. It's the year of the week. It's the show where we. It's a history show mainly where we dive into the headlines of years gone by. And this week, our episode is nineteen sixty-three. So. 19- some of you out there maybe weren't alive in 63. Some no. of you none of, none of us were. No. Some of you uh, may be listening because your attendant has put this on to try to remember when you were more with it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Joe Biden, maybe. Like. <laughs> yeah. Who does yeah. not have brain damage? <laughs> you know what would be weird is, you know how sometimes you're, it was just like parents would say, oh, you were... Just a thought. You weren't born yet, but you were—you were just a thought. You were a twinkle in your mother's margarita. Yeah. Yes. But I, you know, like th- for 1963, it would be weird if I was a thought at that point. Even you were what nine it? years or so away <laughs> from even being a thought. Yeah, yeah, I was many, many years away from being a thought. Yeah. Even not even a thought. But yeah. not, thanks not, a lot, mom. Right. Not the current definition of thought. What's the current definition of thought? A T H O T thought is what we might have growing up called a skeezer <laughs> i i have never called anything a skeezer in my, yeah. what's a skeezer you've lost me well the, maybe that bell bib devoe would have called a skeezer <laughs> okay i'm still not getting it a a girly that be wearing the biker shorts <laughs> that's a thought yeah oh yeah it, is it an acronym what does it stand I for? I don't know. T H O T. The people that use this term, I think, would, would definitely not know the term acronym. You did, like, I think the word thick might one. be in there, mm. in, in thought. Mm. We can only speculate. Tinkle, maybe, is part of like, probably the last not. T. Probably this not tinkle. heart over time. This heart mm. over time. Wow. That's romantic. Yeah, that's very nice. Anyways, uh, I'm Dan. He's Dan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody... Dan is Dan. That's Dan. I'm fed. He's fed. Come on. This I'm, is all cut. I'm cutting it all out. I don't. Okay. Anything that's cut derogatory it. towards I don't give, me. I, don't I, was give trying a shit. To, I was trying to get this pumpkin stuff down. The, that's pumpkin. The, the fellas, by the way, if this episode it gets a little messy, these guys are drinking a beer that's like 14% alcohol or something like no. that. No. We're drinking a <laughs> seasonal coffee. I keep going to the bathroom and pouring it down the toilet. Oh. That seems wasteful. Yeah, and then I fill it up with water, and then I throw that down the toilet too. Just I don't. So you're like the opposite of a secret alcoholic, who's like like filling the vodka bottle up with water slowly. So yeah, right. Yeah, no, I don't know if it's the opposite. It's adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
alcohol is adjacent. Anyway, no, I'm, I'm Brian. Let's give the Finally, people what they Brian, want. It's Brian. And, um, I mean, yeah. in, in so much as we are all one, we all are each other, as mm-hmm. Dr. Bronner would tell us, but he's still alive. Like most podcasts, unless you've been listening to this for a really long time, you can't tell the difference between our voices anyway. Or you're not sure who is who. Right. I think I have a pretty distinctive voice. Yeah. You don't. And neither do I, and neither does Dan. I have a thin, reedy, <laughs> sparrow of a voice. That's that my voice. Flits and flutters in the listener's ear. With the yeah. lilting uh, Maryland accent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Have you noticed this, though? You ever, like, you listen to a podcast and it's got three people on it? Then it takes you at least six months until you can figure out who's talking. That's a long podcast episode. It's like Andy Warhol's sleep. It's just like... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, we're talking about 1963. It says 93 on my paper here, but it's definitely... That really threw me off for a little <laughs> while. definitely I didn't know why we were talking about George Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, before we get into it, let's talk about what we heard in that intro. It was pretty heavy starting off. That was... Uh, George Wallace and George Wallace. That was right when he was. Uh, that was his inauguration speech in Alabama. He was a real. He was a real of piece work. of shit, dude. His whole piece thing was, "I'm the guy that if you're a racist, you can get behind me." Right, and, and it uh, turns out that's a successful strategy. It was then, it is now. Sure, yeah, is. yeah. So not much has changed. Some things have changed. I cut it off before he talks about the segregation. Now, forever. Uh, and Today, forever. Tomorrow, forever. But also at the end of that clip that you don't hear, but if you go look it up, there are seriously like Hazard Boys. I'm sure that it's not from, is it from Alabama? The Hazard Boys? I think they're Georgia. Georgia. Either way, there is there are like Confederate whoops and wallers. Yeah. Like uh, wallers? Wallers? Hollers. Yeah. <laughs> Hoops and hollers. Hoops and hollers, everyone. <laughs> and which is that kind of makes you throw up just hearing like people being so just excited about this well, fucking mean, monster. You can watch any Trump rally and you'll. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. No, no we're, I, we're, yeah. we're knee deep in this yeah. shit right now. We're neck deep in, in exactly the same yeah. thing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, you know, so let's moving on. Uh, what else was going on? What we else we heard in that intro? Petticoat Junction theme. Petticoat Junction. It's very hard to say, but they do it. They they nail it in the in the theme song. Did you guys ever see that? I, I didn't. I never saw it. The name was so confusing to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what is yeah. it, what even is a petticoat exactly? Is it? It's a garment for women. I think it's yeah. like a bloomer. Yeah. You mean it's an undergarment? That's what I thought. Yeah. Like it, it goes under a gigantic hoop skirt or something. It's like like a big. I don't know. Like I with thought, a bustle and. Yeah. and well, all I, that. Maybe, I thought it goes over that. Le petit col. Like like fed. Le petit. You think you're yeah. right, huh? As always. As usual, we don't know what the fuck we're talking no, about. No, so anyway, you know, that series, though, it took uh, just a little note I took. It uh, takes place at the Shady Rest Hotel. But it makes it sound kind of horny. It the does. Phrase, yeah. Petticoat Junction sounds Right. It was new. like the train would go there and the mom ran the hotel and maybe you might get to sleep with one of her daughters. That was uh, the deal with that show? Billy Joe, Bobby Joe, and Betty Joe. Really? Were their names, yeah. And of course, Uncle Joe, which we heard in the... In the uh, theme it seems edgy for 1963 it was right on the coattails of beverly hillbillies so it was sort of sure. like hicks 
You know, America fell in love with backcountry hicks. There was like their Hollywood's version. In the intro when they're they're all like uh, taking a bath in the water tank that dumps water into the train that goes by. Disgusting. I think in the same way you can measure (laughs) women's rights by the kind of fashion whenever a country is in in deep peril as far as uh, racism, there's going to be a lot more hillbilly entertainment. Mm. What, yeah. what, like, like like Hee Haw, the variety show. Mm-hmm. So that was like during the Nixon administration. When, yeah. <laughs> when again we were right. not doing super great as a as a democracy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. All right, moving on. What we heard up next, what I found this was interesting, was that that was taken from uh, San Diego Chargers versus Boston Patriots in the uh, AFL Championship. Were and- they the Boston Patriots? Boston Patriots is what huh. it says, yeah. Now that now that um, the New England. So was, apparently San Diego the year before sucked. And what did they do in 1963? The entire team took steroids. This was the first time uh, an entire team took anabolic steroids. It was part of their diet. Dianabol. Yeah, D-ball they call it. Which D-ball. We, which we discussed a little bit last time. Yeah, This D-ball. is becoming an anabolic steroid podcast. Yeah, this is just embracing it. Pro- now, Diana, Diana Ball was that named after Princess Lady Diana's, Diana? Yeah, the like uh, her birth, perhaps. I think most people who make steroids can see the future, and they were aware <laughs> that she would be one day crowned Princess of Wales. Right, and as the Diana's ball was her. Uh, ceremony following party right and so you would want to take a bunch of these pills so maybe you would get chosen yeah to to be one of the people that dance with her traditionally in england when you are when there's a coronation the a bunch of portly stronger gentlemen hold up a dance floor for the the royals to dance upon (laughs) it's kind of like the gili festival here in brooklyn So um, so you wanted to be able to do that, not to be able to dance with her, but just hold up the dance floor. It's more of an honor. Is that the uh, where the whole thing where you are raising... That's raising a roof. That, that's different. That is different, Dan. Yeah, there isn't raising the floor. And uh, lastly, we heard that was a little tiny clip from Cleopatra starring Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. That movie ran for over four hours. It's a long movie. And it was a critical and commercial disaster. It was a flop. Right? Yeah. yeah. Elizabeth Taylor, E. Taylor, uh, she got a million bucks for that, though. Uh, so she was the first woman. And in, in modern money, that's like $970 billion, right? <laughs> she like, spent it yeah. all on swords. <laughs> yeah. 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 I watched some clips, and yeah, it's just bad. And, and Richard Burton and her, they were like uh, married four or five times or maybe not but they were married and more divorced and uh, more than once yeah they hated each other but they loved each other it was like a, cats yeah. and dogs yeah like cats and dogs right but, um it probably you know, it's it i mean that that's a fucking long movie but it sounds like it'd be interesting to watch like maybe to watch like a couple who hate each other yeah being antony and cleopatra like well, i've you, never seen this thing but you okay. could watch uh who's afraid of virginia yeah. wolf and see mm, the same it's thing it's, it's it's better shorter and it's it's maybe overwrought but it's still it's more fun to watch or taming of the shrew i think they were both in that last one was a guess so uh anyways that was our intro that was our little bit of a little just a bit to get you excited about 1963 and before we dive into the headlines just wanted to remind you guys our favorite people our listeners to go give us a rating and a review on 
Apple Podcasts, I think that's what they call it now, or iTunes is the old version. Give um, us as many stars as you can. Yeah. They're you always changing. Add a few it. words. Terrific. Yeah. But really, this helps us help you. Yeah, it helps us help you. And honestly, if if you leave a review with words, we'll give you a shout out. You don't have to use your real name, but we will give you a shout out. Dan Dan will say no, whatever you want no. him to say on the air. Yeah. He, he'll say the N word. No. He'll he'll uh he'll say anything. Just just tell us what you want him to say and he'll say it. Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So uh, now that we've got that out of the way, but please do that. It really does help. It's something that uh, it, it makes us happy. And, you know, it's a really easy thing. And uh, how often can you make somebody happy in this world? It's it's really hard to do. So do you mean how you're the person who's going to be happy? We all will be happy. Yeah. Right. I think. And the person who gives the review will be happy as well. Remember so, that in uh, Sling Blade where he gave that kid a bookmark that said you will be happy? Yeah. That's who's going to be happy is that kid. Yeah. So do it for that kid. He ended up okay. He was in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. So oh, yeah? He did end up he did all right. pretty okay. On the show, one of the great things that we have is a time machine. Whether it works or not today, uh, we don't know. But uh, the time machine that we do have allows us to talk to somebody from the past. And hopefully it'll be from 1963. So should we get going with the year? So what we're going to do is we're going to go through this year and we're going to analyze the top headline of each month that we go through for 1963. We're going to, these are the top headlines. Uh, And and by top, let's explain what we mean, Dan. They're the top headlines. The most important. The most important headlines. There's not going to be anything else that's important. Let's proceed with that. You know, sometimes you think that the things that everybody thinks is important, but sometimes there's other... Like the association. I'm unfamiliar. I never heard of it, right? No, no, that's cut. Okay, that will not be mentioned (laughs) in this podcast. Okay, so yeah, uh, well, January 14th, we'll lead off with this. Uh, The Bell Jar, uh, which was the only novel written by uh, Sylvia Plath, was published. Uh, She published it under the pseudonym Victoria Lucas, and uh, this was just a month before she died, that she put herself in the oven. Just her head, Dan. Just her her head. Took her own life. Took her own life. So I guess what they say is true. Publishing is uh, not going to make you happy. That's what everybody tells me. Publish or or perish. Publish and perish. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, you know, when you say they put your head in the oven, she didn't, all she, she turned on the gas. Yeah. She's not like preheating it. For a pizza. No, I, as a kid, I thought that meant that you were burning your head up. But Me yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. You're, I think, blowing out the pilot light and then just getting the most of the. Uh, yeah, like gas she, I, I think she stuffed towels under the door. She like filled her um, room basically with, with gas. And so that's a very peaceful way to go if you, if you were going <laughs> to. If do you're that. looking for a means, by the yeah. way, to our, to our listeners who are considering suicide, now, you may you... want to think about the Sylvia Plath method. Well, I don't Dan know. That there I don't think peaceful. we should be the final exit of podcast. No, we're not. The- <laughs> okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Although, if they're if you're interested, the grave diggers have a great song <laughs> called "Wayne Heard Suicide," and it's they do a lot of they make a lot of suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you could sew your asshole shut and swallow a grenade, I think was one of them, right, Fed? No, this was... He, he <laughs> that was what Sylvia... Th- that's what the bell jar is <laughs> that, about. That was Virginia Woolf. Oh, that, oh okay. right, right. Oh, I see, right. Yeah, I get confused. If you're going to do an oven, now, wouldn't... I would fit my whole body in there, right? Well, like you, your stuff. body... Right. Your praying mantis-like body would probably <laughs> fold would pretty fold nicely. Up. And oh. the, most of us pr- probably couldn't get into an oven. I but guess so. If you really wanted to make sure you got it done right. And while you're in there, you could clean the oven. Right. That's the main thing. So your so family wife, would be upset that you're dead, but, but they'd be like, at least. But my we, wife would be happy. Yeah. The oven is finally clean. I got that stain off from when I did not put the sheet under the casserole. <laughs> right. I, I just, I didn't seal it properly with foil. No, every time you turn it on, it reeks. Yeah. Like burning hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that Sylvia Plath's oven? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Right. I mean, you can't use that oven again. Is that oven in a museum? I doubt it. Probably in some kind of I... haunted curio collection. <laughs> yeah, right? Next to the uh, Iggy Pop's idiot album that <laughs> Ian Curtis was listening to. Well, now, Ian Curtis, he... Joy Division. Right, but he... That was the block of ice, was it? That, that was that's, that a rumor. That's the rumor, I believe. Right. But I've never I think heard he, this rumor. But he what was listening to uh, the idiot on the record player when he... When okay. He, himself that ru- the rumor is that he stood on a block of ice he waited for it to melt which i don't know that's horseshit <laughs> no it's it, ridiculous it was just an ice cube it was a little ice cube he was standing oh, okay he had extreme toe strength so he's standing on it with his toe he was like a ballerina on he's point a, on a, a ballerina on point. So it, it could have been an extreme like calf a, work he's blasting his gastros yeah right so wait also back in uh to january uh just to tie this up is uh also in january robert frost 88 died he, he, he died at the age of 88 he died at the age of 88 in january of 1963 and i think Think? Bad doesn't, month for poets overall. It doesn't say how he died. I when I was a, a child, I was able to affect like a there's like a there's like a, the reverse of a falsetto. Okay. Like a fake basso profundo. Okay. That uh, <laughs> I had. What age is this? That like Just I a had child. an English teacher who had me read Robert Falls' poem in that way. So <laughs> I was I was like. <laughs> a younger version of myself going there's something there is that doesn't love offense <laughs> provide provide <laughs> oh man that's great wow. i also use it for effect in my fifth grade uh school play where i was like the radio mc but, but how did your teacher know about this I think that's probably always doing it. <laughs> I, but in that same uh, fifth I'll grade play. I'll have some baked beans. And they're <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And they're in the lunch line. <laughs> in that same fifth grade play, I tried to get the, the part of singing Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. And again, this oh, was yeah. when I was 10. It was like a jukebox musical called SRO somewhere out there. They still exist. Okay. But I, and I was like at 10 going like, Oh, what a beautiful morning. <laughs> 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 All right. So anyway, so Robert Frost, he's also what was this, that big the big one that he did? What was that the the street Yellowwood no, path? Yeah. Can't figure out where to go and then you make a choice and postscript there's a lot of free ice cream on the other road. <laughs> <laughs> right. In February, we can't run from it. 
So we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, Coca-Cola <laughs> introduces its first low-calorie drink tap. So uh, if you grew up in the era that us three done, mm-hmm. you know tab is kind of a uh, the diet drink that was still ruling in, uh, for the longest time. Yeah, I, I have these bi- very big memories, pictures in my head of being at the beach and my mom, you know, down on tab after tab after Just tab. housing tabs. Housing tabs, like shotgunning tabs. Yeah. When you still had the actual pool tabs to pull off. So she right. was throwing them in the ocean and then we were all coming out of the ocean bloodied, you know, right. because those things are sharp. A, a, a quick sidebar, we've probably mentioned this before, but are you guys aware of the kind of the concept of if you save pull tabs from sodas, they can be traded in for time on a dialysis machine? What, what, no. What? What, no. What are you talking no, about? No, no, no. <laughs> no, never heard of that. Yeah, there's something where when I was a kid, people said that if you save them, you could give them to someone no. who collected them and and then like <laughs> that could be like turned by some soda or drink manufacturer Dude, into is, time on a dialysis. That is the thing that I grew up with was that you would pull that thing off and if you didn't break it, you could give it to some girl and they would she have would to have give s- you dialysis. Each, no, they would have to have <laughs> sex with you. That was what I grew up with, which is also really strange. So she's to... like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, right. Oh, <laughs> well, rules are rules, <laughs> I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Where do you want to do it? Right. Which that is very gross and and horrible, but uh, it was a thing. Fed's version of the story was free dialysis. Yeah. I don't know. I, that sounds better. It sounds like it's helping people. So nah. did you pull the tab and keep them in a bag and then hand them off to somebody? Yeah, you'd give them to someone. <laughs> <laughs> somebody whose kidneys looked like they were in bad shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, somebody's just like, ugh. Or maybe it was my... like the, the American version of the Sadaku making the thousand cranes. <laughs> right. <laughs> if somebody's pissing blood maybe right so you just hang out at a urinal and just watch people pee and then pick some guy out and hand them a bag that's a hobby for some people yeah yeah that's still going on today but back on tab this thing was it was saccharin filled yeah Yeah. that was like um, which we soon turned out was basically arsenic no 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 that's the thing so it was saccharin or sweet and low was the brand they had done a bunch of tests on rats and they Gave the rats cancer, but then they, you know, so then anything with saccharin had to have a warning label on it. And then they discovered that, oh, there's no research that, you know, says They said gives- people, rat, rats ain't people. They, yeah. Eventually they said rats ain't people. Hey, fuck these rats. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the amount, sometimes in these tests, the amount that they give these rats is like two tabs worth as opposed, you know, yeah, that's, the one that's you outrageous. Have. You'd have one. But so they, they give like a 1.5 pound rat two full tabs. Yeah. And then they were like, holy shit, it's got cancer. It immediately started bubbling up. <laughs> Yeah, the thing was, was like they <laughs> like had a gremlin after they midnight. had to recreate how the intake was happening. So they had they brought all the rats to the beach, like moms across America, and they had to pop it open. And they they had to train the rats to lift the cans. Actually, they were little cans. They were little. Were they small? They were little yeah. rat cans. Rat sized cans. Rat sized cans. Which the production value of that was insane. It was a it was a lot of money. Anyways. That's the true story. And uh, the fellow that played Colt Seavers. Oh, you mean... Uh, oh. Lee, Majors. Lee Majors. Lee Majors. So, uh, with, with Tab, though, uh, much later, Lee Majors was a spokesperson for them. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Lee Majors. The fall yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, the fall, the fall guy. guy. And the $10 billion man. Million dollar man. $10,000 man. 
<laughs> Guy <laughs> with ten bucks. Eleven hundred dollar man. <laughs> I think that's maybe their either there's their way of, of just getting the ladies to pay attention because it's elite majors, right? Or if that was the first foray into being like, hey, fellas, you can also drink diet soda. Right. Which didn't never really, there's never a strong move until Coke Zero when they were like, guys, it's a black can. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's totally cool. It's, so Tab is still out there, apparently. They're making really? energy drinks. They're, yeah. In like uh, North Korea, uh, places like that. Places where you can't really reach. Uh, in North Korea, there's a huge public celebration when the first case of Tab showed up on the coal-driven train that like, <laughs> brought it over from, right. from Beijing. Yeah. Right. You, you would want those calories, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter will be alive for another three weeks. Well, they do have one calorie each. So it's not nothing. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not uh, nothing. In which in so my it's notes, like Pepsi here, one. What was that calorie from? It was just like a little piece of beef. <laughs> There's a pea. <laughs> There's one pea in there. <laughs> was it, one pea is one calorie. <laughs> Who are you? What are you? Where did you come from? I think you're evil. Evil. <gasps> March 13th, 1963. Ernesto Miranda, a 22-year-old warehouse employee, was arrested in Phoenix, Arizona, on suspicion of rape and subsequently convicted based on statements that he made to the police without being advised of his constitutional right not to incriminate himself. He would fight the conviction to the United States Supreme Court, uh, leading to the landmark 1966 decision in Miranda v. Arizona. His name lives on in the name of the instructions that all police are required to give to persons arrested, beginning with, you have the right to remain silent, referred to as the Miranda warning and the phrase Miranda rights. Ernesto Miranda, kind of a shitty guy. Yeah. No, he was a bad person. He was a bad guy. So hey, no, he was a rapist. He was a rapist. Uh, well, he was not just a rapist. An alleged rapist. No, he was totally a rapist. Moron, Ernesto. Uh, after the Supreme Court set aside Miranda's conviction, which was tainted by the use of the confession that had been obtained through improper interrogation, the state of Arizona retried him. At the second trial... His confession was not introduced into evidence, but he was convicted again based on testimony given by his estranged wife. He was sentenced to 20 to 30 years in prison. Uh, Miranda was uh, paroled in 1972, the year of my birth. After his release, he started selling autographed Miranda warning cards for a buck fifty. Over the next few years, Miranda was arrested numerous times. On January 31st, 1976, after his release for violating his parole, a violent fight broke out in a bar in Phoenix. Miranda was stabbed and died. Several Miranda cards were found on his person. His person. So not a good guy. No. And he not a good... Anytime you're dying in a bar fight, being stabbed... I'm not gonna say you're guilty but i get I, you're I not innocent is what you're saying I, it's i don't know i've been in many bars and i haven't yet died by a knife wound but you're saying 
that anybody ben, who that does ben johnson the playwright contemporary of shakespeare was a bad guy because he got stabbed in the eye no no not, not ben johnson sorry <laughs> i don't know who you think christopher Marlo. christopher Marlowe. christopher Marlowe. yeah yeah he was yes obviously he was in a he bad a town scumbag. He, he went looking to get stabbed everybody knows miranda writes but not many people know that uh, miranda the the guy that it's based on was a monster basically no yeah. i did i knew that you knew because that. as a kid you you look for people if you're of Mexican descent for people who, that are Mexican mm-hmm. that are famous and you kind of really know them that's not a great thing to find out right the guy that <laughs> was, was a scumbag rapist is also a Mexican right guy. it's you think that if you were gonna if this was a plan to kind of like have this be part of the our rights as individuals they would have chosen a better candidate to take it to the Supreme yeah Court right it's just like everybody throws around it's like the Miranda warning and you're like oh Miranda he must be some sort of hero like Johnny Constitution Johnny Constitution was a hell of a guy yeah he was good yeah that's a great guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah johnny constitution but then you get Vinny second amendment that guy was a dick no thanks yeah (laughs) hit the bricks Vinny. (laughs) they should have found some other guy but miranda is also my wife yeah (laughs) oh so yeah i forgot (laughs) right i don't know how we didn't bring this up yet right so you know her parents anytime the miranda rights were in the newspaper they cut out they cut it out and put it on the refrigerator (laughs) we're real proud of you sweetie also a popular member of the sex in the city cast yeah that's right yeah at first you know what i would rather we just went with that let's forget the whole original story and just say that the miranda rights come from a case that was won by miranda from sex in the city We went on to April 1963. It's April 1963. April 6th. This is a landmark. Top headline, folks. Boots Randolph. He's a saxophonist. Oh, golly. I didn't even know it reached. He reached number one with Yakety Sax. That's exactly right. Yeah, not to be confused with Yakety Yak, uh, which was a few years earlier. Don't talk back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so Yakety Sax. You've heard the song. It's really great to run to, and it really became famous with... <laughs> Are you really running around Brooklyn listening to that I on headphones? I should be, because I listened to it, you know, while we were... Uh, with your pants around your ankles. And <laughs> if, it, if you have, like, it's not like a 5K. It's like if you have to run back and forth or in a circle, right. that's a good... Right. And if you're chased by, like, a woman in a bikini... No. No, and, let's, um, and a let's guy in a gorilla suit. No, it was always Benny Hill trying to assault a young woman. No, <laughs> no. He was always being chased uh, at the end of Benny Hill. So because he, he had just assaulted a young woman. No, <laughs> he had turned around and, you know, put a umbrella on his shoulder and, you know, poked her tongue in some way. So, look, this happened every episode? Main, if yeah. it happens once... That's awful. on you. Mortified. Yeah. Right. Happens twice. Be more careful. Right. It happens every episode. We're talking about this because Benny Hill was a comedian. He had a show. British. This was basically, became his theme song years later. I, I still very uh, vividly remember watching Benny Hill. I don't know what year it was, like 78 or something. I was a little kid. My parents were divorced. I was visiting my dad in his sad bachelor apartment. 
and he put it on, and I'm pretty sure I saw a naked woman on PBS. They used to show them at the same time when they'd show like old uh, Monty Pythons. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, they were always just because it was British. It deserved to be on PBS or something like this. this, Right? No, that's from basically the dumbest television program ever made. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Thank you, Boots Randolph, for giving us the best running music uh, still to this day. I mean, you should pop that in when you're going on your, I think, half marathon and just cycle it through. In yeah. May of 1963, the U.S. premiere of Dr. No, the first James Bond movie starring Sean Connery, the first James Bond. It, it, it was in Jamaica, I think, and it had uh, Ursula Andress in it. It was in Jamaica? Yeah. If, if you're a fan of like early ska and reggae and stuff, th- this was the greatest thing that ever happened in Jamaica. There's that song like Shantytown. It's called like the moot and a shanty town. Yeah. The name of that song is like 007. Oh, seven. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just because it was filmed there. Yeah. And, and like, you know, at the time, Jamaica was just this backwater in the Caribbean. And then this happened, and everybody in Jamaica loved that movie. And also, it's a pretty good movie. I, saw, I mean, everybody I mean, in America loved that movie. People too. like Jamaican ska is pretty good. People all hate ska now because they associate it with like suburban dorks. No, but uh, first wave ska, yeah, wonderful, wonderful, and, and like there's a strong fight to be made for just ska in general. That it's just fun. I agree with you completely. Uh, but that that first Jamaican ska, like a lot of that Jamaican music for a tiny island, their musical impact is huge. I think that maybe that was the movie where a pigeon does a triple take at James Bond too. <laughs> That's the comic that. belief. <laughs> really? Whoa, whoa, there, whoa! There, yeah. there is definitely a James Bond where a pigeon does a comic double or triple take. <laughs> Can, you can do a triple take. What about a quadruple take? Can that's do that? that's going to the well too much. You have to get it's, it breaks at a triple take, I and then it somebody... comes back at a fifteen take. Oh, I see. Fifteen take <laughs> seems excessive, but but yeah. it works. You can make it work. Yeah, that's yeah. why it works. You gotta yeah. <laughs> too much is too much. Way too much is okay. All right, we just got a hurricane outside our doors right now. Just uh, for the listeners, this just happened. They won't hear it. It's another business. I remember, yeah, you see, I had the image of Ursula Andress. uh, White bikini and the knife. Walking up the the sandy beach. Yeah, Sean Connery is very Sean Connery-ish. He's in a powder blue. He really golf nailed shirt. that genre yeah. of acting. Sean Connery-ness? Yeah. yeah he, he, he was real seminal in the <laughs> Sean Connery. He and didn't I, invent it though. That's the odd thing. The the <laughs> most English of characters was also the one of the most Scottish of people. Right. One one of the notes here is that Time Magazine's review of the movie Doctor No called Bond a great big hairy marshmallow. Harry, yeah. Marshmallow seems a bit unfair for Yeah, what, maybe What's it's like so, a softy, maybe? I feel like he was a little bit, he was as jacked as a person was expected to be at a, that time. In 1963, What do you sure. think they mean by that? Marshmallow, like a dummy? Maybe he's had a mouth, his mouth was marshmallowy? Because he oh, talked like this. Because oh. it sounded like his mouth was full of marshmallow fluff when he, he was speaking? <laughs> he might have had, that might have been his acting style. <laughs> Where's my marshmallow? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like Mr. Ed. They had to give him like peanut butter to make him talk. 
Or is it a bunch of little ones or a one big one? Yeah, they just smeared on his gums. <laughs> just a jar. Yeah. <laughs> Money pity. That's they did for a special Stallone, I think. <laughs> I tell you, bum, it's time to come blow your home. June 16th. Valentina Tereshkova is the first woman in space aboard the Vostok 6, which was a Soviet space mission. Prior to the launch and following the tradition set by Yuri Gagarin, the first human to journey into outer space, Tereshkova also urinated on the tire of the bus that took her to the spaceship, <laughs> becoming the first woman to do so. Another first. So uh, that was the thing that Yuri Gagarin said, I'm going to take a leak on this bus's tire and yeah. I'm going to go to space where you can't touch me for it, you pig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And then she was like, guess what? Girls can pee standing up too. If they right. know what they're doing. Yep. Yeah, it's really something. And I encourage our listeners, go to yeartheweek.com. I'm sure Dan will post the photo of this woman. She's the most Russian-looking person who ever existed. Yeah. With with that white streak in her hair and just the look on her face. She's maybe the most severe. She she looks like a Bond villain, yeah. basically. She's still, I mean, she and she's still around today. Obviously, she's a big hero in Russia. She should be celebrated around the world. And she's still in politics today. I think she's like 80 years old or something like that. It's very puzzling to me how Russian society works in that it seems during the Soviet era there was at least from our perspective it looked like some kind of gender equity with the amount of like labor being done right or it's just like like Rosie the Riveter it's like oh you can do work but we still I think it was really I like think it. it was that because I think when when I was reading about this was this they they just one of their spies or they had heard that uh United States was planning to send a woman in space and they're like, well, we can't let that happen. We've got to be first. And so it was just like they just jammed her up there. Jammed would probably be the wrong word. That's not great. They yeah. shot her into space <laughs> quickly. Tell us more, though. I find this very interesting, Brian. As planned in all Vostok missions, Tereshkova ejected from the capsule during its descent at about four miles above the Earth and made a parachute landing, which she safely did, albeit a bruise on her nose. After the landing, she had dinner with some local villagers in the Altai Krai. What does that mean, Dan? That's the town okay. or the region. Okay, then. Who helped her to get out of her spacesuit. She remains the only woman to fly to space solo and the youngest at 26 years old. I like how she gets out of space. She's in space. She uh, parachutes down and she's greeted by some villagers with some, I'm assuming, pitchforks or just hammers and uh, like a blacksmith is there. Butter churn. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, she you par- smashed it to my butt. Oh, you think they were angry at her? If she smashed their butter. It would have been great if she landed on a horse. Yeah. Wherever she was planned to land, you know, U.S., they Apollo, they landed in the ocean. They sort of had an idea they're landing in this ocean, and then they went out and got them, you know, shortly after. Here, it seemed like they just landed. Could have been anywhere. The Serengeti or St. Louis. They they weren't, she wasn't like greeted by the space people that were working with her. She was greeted by a bunch of villagers who helped her out of her spacesuit. It sounds like it didn't go well. 
Like I, maybe they had a plan and it, it just like no. I think that that's how it just went. They just expected that there would be a, a some dope hurting some kind of animal that would find her. <laughs> yeah, help her out because yeah. Because what's the what's the harder thing? Is like collecting the body or launching it into space? <laughs> yeah, we want to focus all of our energy into the launch. Whatever happens afterwards. What happens? Are they on Earth? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they're fine. They're Earth. They're fine. They're Earthbound. Congratulations to Valentina Tereshkova. Tereshkova. Way to pee on that tire. Uh, way to pee on the tire. You yep. know? I wonder if she had some quote while she did it. Giant leak for one small pee for one small pee for woman, one giant leak for mankind. Okay. I feel so bad, I've got a worried mind I'm so lonesome all the time Since I left my baby July, July, July 1, 1963 Zip codes were introduced in the nationwide uh, USA uh, Maybe I'll take that again Yeah, start from scratch <laughs> The U.S. Department of the Post Office kicked off a massive advertising campaign that included the cartoon character Mr. Zip. How about that? Uh, so they mailed 72 million postcards just to one address. No, to every mailing address in the U.S. Uh, to inform the people of their new five-digit postal code. Postal z- zones, I guess, were used before that, but only in uh, large cities. I guess the ZIP stands for Zone Improvement Plan. There you go. Duh. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like, how the hell did they ever do it before you had a ZIP code? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, it like just so about long ago. daily, I think, like... How did I ever get anywhere without a friggin' iPhone? Like, how did I ever manage to meet anyone on time at a place? Yeah, and you said the phone didn't someone. happen. It just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. That's probably, that was probably If you're thing. in New York, you know that there are people would say things like, meet me on the last train of the L. Right. And you'd be like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like trying to hit a bullet with yeah. a it's like another it bullet. Is, it is like trying to like organize a moonshot. <laughs> yeah. You right. would say things like, and then no, you're on the last train. If you don't see me, you get out. And then we'll get the next one together. And I'd be like, no. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> it's yeah. impossible. I remember yeah. when we did that. We never talked about that. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I used to do that all the time and I'd go with my friends who had Yankees season tickets. It was like with last car on the six or whatever it was. And like But everybody yeah. had that plan. Everyone exactly. in New York City had that plan. Yeah. yeah. Last car. Yeah. Bunch of dickheads in <laughs> Yankee jerseys. A lot Incidentally, of that's a lot also of how cruising happened a lot. The last train on the E car, whereas where if you touched your crank, people knew you were cruising. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so if I just was on a train and I touched my crank. Yep. You um, might get someone trying to help you out. <laughs> so public service announcement, yeah. New Yorkers. Don't, don't touch your crank at the last car of the six train. So if there's someone, Unless that's what you're into. Someone on Grinder right now saying how did we ever do this before yeah. that's how and it was yeah. also very ineffective and apparently you used to write your name and phone number in a men's room bathroom stall and be like i'm gonna be back here thursday at 2 a.m yeah that never was a real thing well was it? that's yeah, what we thought so. until george michael and it turned out yeah that was a real thing Well, i know that george michael i know the bathroom thing was a thing but he hadn't written his name in the bathroom did he i think so he said george michael comma wham <laughs> you've probably heard of me 
I'll be back here Thursday, 2 a.m. If you're into it, see you then. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, so zip codes, that happened in 1963. They weren't always around. You used to address an envelope. It just it would say Fed and the city. Yep. And the, the mailman Fed. knew everybody in town. And Brooklyn. Address, yeah. yeah. Fed's house. Fed's house. Fed, comma, Fed's house. <laughs> you, you know Fed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> August beach party that happened the first time in 1963. The first People have beach thought party about having parties on the beach, but there's no evidence of it because there was no film to tell us about this beach party. The people that were there to show us how to have a beach party were Annette Funicello, Frankie Avalon, and Frankie Avalon. Yeah, they danced, they sang, they surfed, they played, defining California culture for the next. Is it possible they twisted? Did they twist? Like we did last summer? I believe they did with Chevy Checker's help. So I rewind. I saw this movie a couple years ago and uh, I found it highly enjoyable. I was in a deep depressive state and uh, this movie was just appeared and I watched it and uh, it cheered me up because it was very dumb. Yeah. Uh, but uh, enjoyable. You know? The choice. It was of- like mindless garbage. Frankie Avalon's like this mook from Jersey, basically, and, right? Yeah, like, more or less, isn't it Finicello? Yeah. Yeah. They're like people you would expect to see at Bamonte's <laughs> if you are familiar again with, with old school Brooklyn. <laughs> it's a place in Williamsburg where, untouched by the hands of time. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the fettuccine Alfredo there contains 43 eggs for serving and, and nine sticks of butter. Yeah, so beach party. What what was the story in that? I think they were trying to decide which one of the surfers to bury as a sacrifice to the, the Huntington Beach God. You, you might be thinking of Midsommar. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Or the Wicker Man. I right, think. yeah. I tend to think most movies are the Wicker Man. <laughs> it's the only movie Fed's ever really seen. That was a big thing, though. The In the 60s, beach theme became like, like an industry. I mean, the Beach Boys came out uh, sort of at the same time. But then like, yeah, it was like uh, California beachery was like a big thing. Like there are two ways you could go. You could if you were going to have fun as a youth, you were either going to become a outlaw biker or like a a beach kid. That's what was offered to people where there was you could be a beach rat or a hell's angel. Yeah, that that was it. Yeah, or like an accountant or a dentist or something. September 2nd, 1963. At 6.30 p.m. New York time, Walter Cronkite introduced CBS Evening News with the statement, Good evening from our CBS newsroom in New York. On this, the first broadcast of network television's first half-hour news program. Previously, the three networks had run their daily national news for 15 minutes. Jesus. (laughs) So you're saying September was a slow news month then. They doubled... From 15 to 30 minutes, that's the best you could come up with for September. You don't find that fascinating? That prior to 1963, the national news was 15 minutes. That's what they dedicated. Now, it's just news all the time on no, it's an industry it's they, an industry they figured out they could make money on it yeah basically 15 minutes was what was dedicated to i guess maybe they had some local news but i doubt it 
They had national news, 15 minutes. I mean... I think there's always been this conflict when you have the airwaves. There used to be an idea that if you if you had control of something that went out to the whole country, you, you had the duty to provide the news. And then it went from that eventually over a very long term to, oh, this is a great way to make money. Yeah, and that lady killed herself on TV. Yeah, she <laughs> killed herself on TV. And a couple mayors killed themselves on TV. At least well. one. That At guy, Bud. One. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that guy. What a legacy. Yeah. <laughs> but he knew that that would make for great television. He wasn't sticking his head in an oven on live TV. Because right. that... It's going to yeah. take a while. Sylvia Plath didn't think of it. Right. So she this is the first steps towards the idea of as news as entertainment that we right. have today. Yeah. Where they were like, there is only 15 minutes worth of news ever happening. Right. But then there were days where like, we have to fill a half an hour. What can we talk about? And it was just the most salacious stuff you can imagine at the time. Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton. They 69'd in in an A&W. Wow. In in, uh, Orlando, Florida. At a Waffle Hut. (laughs) In a Waffle Hut. At two in the morning. (laughs) The onlooking school children. (laughs) I don't know why those kids were in there at 2 (laughs) a.m. They were on a school trip. <laughs> they were on a field trip that had gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sixty nining of celebrity news. Yeah. <laughs> Back to uh, Marilyn Monroe sixty nining. Oh, did I bring is. him up again? <laughs> That's crazy. No, let's think. It was a uh, Danny Kay and uh, <laughs> or Eddie Fisher and uh, Debbie Kay. Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds were sixty nining in probably Reno. Don Knotts and Julio Iglesias were sixty nining. Yeah. In, I mean, that was the last 15 minutes of the news. It was 15 minutes of that. Yeah. That's what. <laughs> sometimes they just do split screen and just be a basket of kittens on the other side. <laughs> right. Just trying to please everybody. Just to calm you down. He Speaking went. of ending news in a wonderful way, I'm one of the people who watches the CBS Sunday morning with my, my beautiful wife uh, <laughs> because it's, 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 again, a soothing entertainment. Yeah. But also funny because it's the most boomer television you can watch. It's still boomer. <laughs> it's shot. Yeah, no, it's it's only boomer. The, the 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 graphics department. There's no way that they are younger than seventy. Right, but it's been boomer since. That's what it's always been. It's for. just boomer. Yeah. yeah. But they end every broadcast with kind of like a moment of nature. Mm-hmm. And it, what we do is we try to guess what it's going to be. And mm-hmm. I don't claim to have any supernatural ability, but I have correctly guessed it much more often than you think you would be able to by sheer chance. Why don't you just claim it? Give us a real percentage. Don't pussyfoot around it. You <laughs> nail it every time. I don't, because that would that would be reason reevaluate my... <laughs> sense of the world so you're like a quiet shot of autumnal leaves twisting in the wind or yeah or, like or that, i'll or... say goats on a rock <laughs> and it will be goats on a rock wow do you think that this it sounds is... like you've been watching this show for four years i mean yeah and they're just cycling through the goats on yeah, the rock right no there is no end to the amount of shots you can get of american in quiet wilderness american quietude is what they call it, it yeah. is, but it, there's sometimes there are clues in the show itself it's like if, if it's about like <laughs> you know fallen soldiers they're like maybe it's gonna be an eagle's nest or maybe ah. it'll be a coyote eating its own sick <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> 
It's probably not going to be that, though, right? They rarely pull that one out, but when they do, yeah. it's important. It's very, it's very powerful. Yeah, or crabs pulling apart a, a, a turkey neck. A box of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> They're sticking two animals that have no reason to be together together. <laughs> I would love it if they did every tweak, but it was just... Two animals that no one knows how they're going to react to each other and see. <laughs> right, it's sort of like a fear factor, <laughs> but in animals. Uh, we leave you this Sunday morning with an ape <laughs> and a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, the original version of that, what was that guy's name? Charles Carroll. Right, who, of all the horrible men that we've spoken about, <laughs> he might be on the top of the list. It turned out, so he died, and it turned out that he had a mistress in every state or yeah. something like that who he was having an affair with, like uh, cheating on his... He had multiple wives. I don't have much to say for what I've done, except baby's got to have it. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it in front of me, I'm going to take it every time, and I apologize to the American people, my various <laughs> families as they've fallen. That's because, and just, I mean, you know, not to just judge on way, the way people look, but that dude, Charles Kuralt. Yeah. I mean, that dude, he's he probably, not attractive guy. He probably guy. took it where he could get it, you know? <sighs> I don't think he was, uh, he wasn't he, falling in love each time. If you I, th I, mean. I, I, I think also, though, when that all came out, because he was having all these women, I, I think people thought, yeah, I, I saw, I, I guessed it. I think people like were like, yeah, they felt it in their bones. They felt it in their bones. I was like, I don't, I like that guy, but I can't. There's something weird about that guy. <laughs> it's a scent of rotting moral evil. Yeah. No, right. I don't think he was evil. He just had to have it. Charles Kurolt is the man. Uh, Sex Machine 2025 <laughs> is the larger part of me that I serve. <laughs> I give sex machine to all the ladies I meet. Charles Carroll. No. <laughs> He's sort of a sex Gundam. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he became a sex gun. So anyways, that's what happened. They had 15 minutes. There was solid news uh, talking about Ohio politics or whatever. After 15 minutes, it became the Maury Povich show, perhaps. <laughs> Current like, affair. That's not my dad. You're not my dad. No, what was it? Yeah. You're not my. You dad. are my dad. You're that my. Was, was... You're my baby's daddy. Right. That's the Maury Povich show. That's right. what it became. Yeah, it quickly became. You're my baby's daddy. This isn't so good. But uh, in October, <laughs> nothing funny <laughs> happened in October. October thirty first, nineteen sixty three, the Halloween horror movie franchise storyline begins in nineteen sixty three. That's the first murder committed by little baby Michael Myers, who was six years old. I guess he wasn't a baby, but he was babyish. Uh, in the town, the fake town of Haddonfield. So the story, the plot line of Halloween. So not the movie itself. In the Halloween universe, the first. First murder happened in 1963. No, yeah, no, and it had he. You you see him committing the murder in the movie. But you, you mean the, the very night. end when he comes out of the water and he 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 stabs the. Dude, that's, that's Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, but to, again, to be clear, you see that murder happen. The movie Halloween <laughs> was released in the late 1970s. Yes, yes. So to be Do clear, you. to the audience, the movie has not yet been conceived. But when the screenwriter writes that movie. They will have a scene that takes place in 1963. Right. And that is what we are commemorating now. It, it, the scene <laughs> was just a thought in the screenwriter's 
uh, like in the mind, just like how we twinkle. a little the twinkle, t- a twinkle in, in his the screenwriter's eye. margarita. Yeah, who did he kill? I never saw Halloween. I like horror movies. I don't like. I like supernatural movies. I don't like stabbing movies. Right. This is kind of stabby. This is a stabby movie. They they kind of defined for for when we were kids. You know, there was a whole genre based on copying this movie. Right. I think. Yeah. And, and also, it's interesting because it's. A lot of the shots are from the killer's perspective, which is it, it implicates the viewer. Which oh. it does does interesting things to your brain when you're watching it. It puts us gives us the murderer's gaze. Right. Wow. Um I don't know who he killed as a six year old. If it's sixty three, there's one very famous person he could have killed. <laughs> we, we aren't gonna talk about that. <laughs> God damn it, Pat. He could have killed uh, Dan keeps. I, I'm pretty sure that he didn't. He pretty. He didn't. Uh, but the, he stabbed somebody. The Cuban president Batista's son was then later killed in 1963, I believe. It wasn't just a murder. He was paid by a foreign country. Um. So, anyways, for those who didn't know, uh, Halloween. The story of Halloween starts in 1963. <laughs> November on the 22nd uh, or in November Walt Disney decided where to put his second amusement park he had his California Disneyland and now thought what comes next I have created Disneyland I will create Disney World place (laughs) Disney Universe which I have only been to Disneyland. I've never been to Disney World. Oh, really? I've been to both as a child. What else happened on November 26th? On the very same day that Disney decided that he was going to go to Florida for his Disney World project, a gentleman named Abraham Sapruder took a vacation in Dallas. Mm. Interesting. Gotcha. A filmmaker, Abraham Sapruder, an amateur filmmaker, if you will. But not in the Bob Crane kind of way. Right. That you may be thinking of (laughs) if you're a... 70 years old right or not in the um avant-garde kind of film tradition the right. Andy Warhol tradition. So this is how it happened on November 22nd. Walt Disney decides to move to Florida and Abraham Zapruder. I don't know why they're connected. None of it makes any sense to me. I, I believe it was also the last day of shooting for the Gilligan's Island pilot. Oh. Also, they killed... Who's they? Who, the Gilligan's Island cast? Gil- that, yeah. I, who is... Bob, Bob Kane. No, that's Batman. So Bob Kane was Superman. And I'm thinking of Bob Crane. Who's Bob Bob Kane? Kane? Meant Bob Crane, the guy from Hogan's Heroes who did a lot of weird. Oh, Bob Kane stole Batman. Oliver Stone killed on November 22nd. Was not going to be on TV for another (laughs) thirty years. Yeah, America would be spared from that indignity (laughs) for another thirty years or so. Also, the dead. Yeah. It's kind of gauche. I, I mean, I love them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Everybody does. But yeah, you're right. It's not super polite. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so November 1963, not much happened except for Bob Crane. No, he's not involved with this at all. No. Not in any way. Uh, there's a filmmaker just hanging out in Dallas. Oh, right. The elf in the room is... Upskirts. There's an exchange yeah. student hanging out in the <clears throat> Texas Book Depository. Who, Karen? Well, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mar- She's hot. A former Marine sharpshooter, just Karen, just just cleaning a <laughs> cleaning a, a rifle up there. You, that's a crude term for masturbation, Brian. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Abraham Zapruder. He was trying to record two squirrels making love. Two squirrels making love. That was the thing. That the was the nature documentary. Yeah. <laughs> that and was then, the thing. unfortunately, this guy's head blew up. Right. <laughs> All right, what happened in December, Brino? December 7th, 1963. Tony Verna, the CBS TV director, invented the concept of instant replay during the network's television broadcast of football's annual Army-Navy game played in Philadelphia. In the fourth quarter, Army quarterback Rolly Stitchwick, I, I have no idea how to pronounce it. Sounds Stitch, right. Stitchwick. 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 Stitchwick sounds perfect. Ran for a touchdown. Within seconds, technicians rewound the black and white videotape, then played the recording back on television. Commentator Lindsay Nelson told viewers, This is not live, ladies and gentlemen. Army did not score again. The name Instant Replay would be coined by CBS commentator Pat Summerall. Who wow. I think he's like still he just, on the air. Or I think yeah. he just died, maybe. Yeah. It's died. like being in the Supreme Court. Like, yeah. if you're an in, yeah, like you do that until you die. Certainly, Pat Summerall is a name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Big, big time name. And just in case you're on the edge of your seat, Navy won the game, twenty-one to fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yeah, um, that's kind of crazy, though, right? It what? sounds like they were rolling it back by hand and then showing it again. Right, right? but that took somebody to invent that. Right, but this, they this never like, thought that. So it was, it was like, like this might be interesting if we looked at the play again, again. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it was like War of the Worlds level of of mind fuck for people where they were like, I can't imagine what's happening. Yeah, they just started yeah. beating their you wives. Just, you just, just like, you what is happening? <laughs> right. Yeah, you just thought that, and like everything started happening backwards, and you're walking backwards <laughs> in time, and all of a sudden you're back in uh, trenches of World War World One, War One, yeah, or Korea, whichever one <laughs> you've you skipped two wars. <laughs> I mean, it could be. These yeah. guys are still alive. Yeah. Yeah, no. You're back um, at Verdun. Yeah. <laughs> with your gas mask on, fighting the Spanish I can't, influenza. I can't wait to do like 1917. <laughs> I like how you're taking a gun to s- the Spanish flu. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get this. Well, can you imagine if you're like a World War One vet and uh, you had to hear about the World War Two vets, where they're like the people that saved the world, and you're like, oh, World War One. That's like no one knows what that was about. What are what are the things that like happened in our? It's it's hard. To, I mean, like the iPhone was a big thing. Will and Grace. What about the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the internet also. Also, Will and Grace. <laughs> the first season of Survivor. Right. Yeah. The Blair I, Witch Project. Right. Yeah. The eighth yeah. season of Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a tiny little thing that. Like the instant replay. Imagine if you're watching a football game on TV with your friends. You yeah. get up, okay. you go get a beer, and <laughs> you hear everybody screaming. Something amazing happened. And you walk back in and you say, what happened? Because you're never going to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like now, it, no matter what happens, they will show you the best part of the game over and over and over. From, or you could look it up on your phone. From 7,000 angles. Right. Yeah. I'm also going to point out that we missed something very important and interesting. December 8th. Frank Sinatra Jr., the 19-year-old son of the famous singer, was kidnapped from his room 
number 417 at harris lake tahoe in state line nevada they really stayed up all night thinking of the name of that town <laughs> state, state line, line nevada <laughs> three men entered the room at 9 30 p.m half an hour before the younger sinatra was to open a show with the tommy dorsey band forced him into their car and then drugged him and drove him to canoga park california from there they called the elder Sinatra and demanded a very specific amount of money, 240k as ransom. The amount of $239,985 was dropped off in a small suitcase and the kidnapped victim was released unharmed on the San Diego freeway in the early morning <laughs> hours of December 11th. He's dropped off on a highway? Yeah, well that's how you do it, I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah. So what's what's the big takeaway from this? So Frank Sinatra's son was yeah. kidnapped and then ransomed, and then they were paid, but they weren't paid the full amount. They were short like eleven dollars. Yeah, something he, something? I think he shorted them fifteen bucks. Yeah, it's a real fuck you. Yeah, just, just to make a point. Yeah, to make a point, I guess. You know, it would have been a real baller move if they shot him right then. <laughs> they were just like, we said. <laughs> <laughs> is that how much we needed yeah. it doesn't matter it's what we asked for it was the deal because yeah. that was the mortgage payment on my grandmother's community center that was about to be taken by the evil real estate developer so we needed it all mr sinatra you made this into an episode of different strokes <laughs> no I, it's ski school it's what i was going for basically that is ski school Yes, pretty much ski school. <laughs> Which is 20 years out at this point. Oh, it's a time machine. Oh, Holy shit, look at that time machine. Oh, oh, it happened. Who is it? Hey, we need, uh, from you guys, we need $240,000. Uh, well, who is this? Oh, no, who are you? Were you guys ghosts no, or what? No, no, this is a podcast. You ghosts better get, no. get the frick out of here. Somehow you... <laughs> I will put a foot up your ass, you stupid ghost. No, <laughs> we're not ghosts. We're we're hosting a show about 1963, which it, you are in. Oh, what, you're in the future and you're yeah, talking we about in, us now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, what's going on? Huh? Oh, what are we doing? Yeah, what are you doing? We got, uh, you got your future, you can't hurt me now? No. Well, that's right. Sure. We got Frank Sinatra Jr. Whoa, Frank. you got Frank Sinatra Jr.? Frank we stole Sin- him up out of a hotel. Frank Sinatra Jr. So there's a Frank Sinatra Jr. I never even, I actually didn't know this. No, yeah, no, it's like Frank Sinatra, right? Except yeah. Jr. But like a little one. <laughs> oh, he's short, he's smaller. Yeah, but it's not actually like it's not the same guy, but it's just like a one of him, but it's not as good. Okay. <laughs> so what do you Okay, what's going on? Are you him? Are you Frank Sinatra Jr.? No, we stole him. We what? stole him at a hotel at a Harris. We grabbed him out of his room and we asked his dad to give us $240,000. You're a kidnapper. This is a kidnapping. N- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you hesitate? This is totally a kidnapping. Because I know- thought, because for a second I thought it was like stealing like a cat or a dog, but it was not. That would that would pet napping. Pet napping. Yeah, is what we'd call that. Yeah. So you're a pet napping or yeah. kidnapping? No, yeah, like adult napping. No, it's like if you think if you took a dog, but it's like a guy. 
<laughs> Actually, right. is kidnapping because it's got the word kid in it. Yeah. No, yeah. Because yeah, one time I did, I took a goat. <laughs> right. There's a different type of kid. Yeah. And no one, no one gets, no one's going to pay for a goat. Nobody cared for that. So what are you doing? Where are you now? You're not going to tell nobody? Well, I mean, it happened a long time ago. Yeah, where are it's you? pretty where safe you hi- to tell us. Yeah, where did yeah. you hide out? We already read your whole Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, you've got a Wikipedia page. Yeah, we dug a ditch. What? what for? For it because so nobody can see us from the street. We dug a ditch, <laughs> and we're in the bottom of a ditch. Where, like outside of Harrah's? Uh, yeah. Pretty good. That's a good start to <laughs> That's your pretty plan. Pretty good. Did you dig it before you uh, picked up FSJ? No, we was gonna make him dig it because it's kind of like a thing you do. You make someone think you're gonna you're like dig your own grave. Yeah, oh, so yeah. you're gonna take a fancy young man in a well, tuxedo yeah. and ask him to dig a ditch. He's this is not for nothing. This is for you guys. I don't, you might be good enough, guys. Whatever. This is advice. If someone tells you to dig your own grave. Don't do it. You think yeah. you're buying yourself time, whatever, and then you're going to figure out a way to get out of it. But don't do it. Just take a swing at the guy with a shovel. Ah. Hang on. Hang on. Here's here's how I would handle it. I would do a really bad job at digging my own grave. I would take forever. I would take a lot of breaks. I yeah. would occasionally claim that the shovel was defective and I needed a new shovel. Maybe a bathroom yeah. break. That yeah. way. A shower. I live longer. You yeah. see what I'm saying? No, one, one time a guy tried that and we just burned him up. Burned oh. him up? Yeah. What? Who? Uh, Tommy Dorsey. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. That crime was never solved. <laughs> yeah, it did that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Tommy Dorsey. Put that on your Wikipedia page myself. Yeah, that's mean, too bad. I don't mean to um, do it. So what's all right? So you're demanding two hundred. Why two hundred? That's the question. That's, right? that's a two hundred and forty thousand. Why? Okay. Why not like just three hundred thousand or like half a million or a hundred thousand? What? Why two forty? Okay, imagine the best day of your life. Okay, right. I'm I'm picturing it. Okay, okay. what what do, we, what do you think you're gonna spend like per hour? Yeah, about ten grand an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. Oh, all right. So that equals yeah, yeah. doing the hard math. So, you, so you're gonna buy like a piece of jewelry and a steak dinner every hour? No, I'm gonna no, we'll buy a zoo. Yeah, <laughs> oh. one you want twenty four zoos by the time you're no, done. No, I'm gonna buy a zoo at, at twelve a.m. Uh-huh. One a.m. I'm gonna go skiing out. Okay. At two a.m. I'm gonna get the biggest lobster in the world. <laughs> okay. And, I, and I'm gonna set it free. That's very humane. Yeah. Four a.m. I'm gonna get a jet and I'm gonna crash it. For for what? How would you do that? You drive a jet straight up in the air and then you jump out like four miles away okay, from the so ground. Okay, so you're gonna jump out. You're yeah, not, I'm, gonna, I'm thought, gonna be fine. I'm gonna parachute right. down. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, looking at I'm say, Yeah, so hour five. I'm gonna get like <laughs> six aquarium you've ever seen. I'm gonna get like a bunch of like the biggest goldfish you ever seen. I don't. I'm gonna, whatever the biggest one is. I'm gonna say double it. And then I'm gonna spend like the ten grand making a the double goldfish. You know what I mean? Like double goldfish. Yeah. yeah. 6 a.m. Seems worth it. 6 a.m. That's 5 a.m. I get the softest robe that ever was made. 7 a.m. I create the sports bra with an R&B <laughs> team and become even richer in the future. 8 a.m. I get my left hand covered in gold. For 10,000. Yeah. 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go. You ha- you're going to have to finish. I get... uh. I will invent a new type of fried food and have it have the people that can do it deliver it to me on the top of a volcano. Wow. 
10 a.m. I get the biggest boot in the world and I, then I get the scientist to make my foot big enough to fit in it. <laughs> I think that might that one might cost more than 10k. You each should have some leftovers from the earlier ones. But. 11 a.m. I grab onto it. the feet yeah. of a giant hawk and have it fly me from New York City to London. On the on the feet of a giant hawk, like like your like your Frodo Baggins, uh-huh. yeah, with oxygen max. Because <laughs> then 11 a.m. I rebuild the Titanic and sail it back at warp speed and get back to New York City. That uh-huh. might cost for noon. Noon, I get the whitest suit that's ever been made. <laughs> so much so you, your mind can't comprehend its whiteness, and it seems like I'm not even there. Wait, soup? Suit? Oh, suit. <laughs> Sorry. The whitest uh, soup. It's made of pure cauliflower. I thought- <laughs> 1 p.m. I get the whitest soup. Oh, after the suit. Because here's the thing. You get the whitest suit in the world. You don't want to get anything on it. So you're going to have the whitest soup. So you're going to have your yeah. lunch. Just eat cauliflower it. and broccoli. That's it. Yeah. No, wait. No broccoli. Just cauliflower and garlic. 2 p.m. I get a rocket-powered boxing glove that I get into a fight with some guy off the street and I punch him so hard his whole chest flies off. With your right hand? Yeah. Because your left hand's covered with gold. Could go on either way. (laughs) 3 p.m. Invent vertical skateboarding in a swimming pool. (laughs) 4 p.m. Otherwise, it'd be another 20 years. He's right, yeah. A revolutionized textile design with with making a a sweater that's so crazy. (laughs) Super crazy sweater. 10 grand. Right, check. 5 p.m. I pay off student loans for high school in South Bend, Indiana. (laughs) Sounds pretty good, actually. 6 p.m. I train a dog to be able to say human words and order a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Through the dog? It's the dog's choice. Okay. If dogs had that power, society would collapse. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> 7 p.m. Take a dune buggy, jump it off a cliff, and survive. How are you going to guarantee that? Again, it's going to be a scientist. I yeah. See. 8 p.m. <laughs> 8 p.m. I, I do the oh, deepest. Shit. The deepest dive in the world where I go to the depths of the Mariana Trench with a suit of armor. All right. 10,000 bucks. Yeah. Costs, all right. 9 p.m. I make a dinosaur. 10 p.m. I write a novel. Okay. Wow. I ghost write a novel having like every small guy I ever knew writing at the same time. So I write the novel in the fastest time it's ever been in the world. That's mostly what people want in a novel is speedy production. That's, <laughs> that's the main factor that most novel consumers are looking for. So good. Good thinking. Yeah. <laughs> 11 p.m. Make I, it count. I yeah, buy, almost there. I buy a ticket to the, a train that will take me to heaven. Oh. Hmm. Is that gonna, all that costs? Are you going to stick your head in an oven? It sounds money. like you're uh, going to oven yourself. No. Well, yeah. yeah. No, I think it's <laughs> like Sylvia Plath. Like, like a, a Plath situation. Well, I did say it for only one day. It kind of sounds like that. Yeah. But no, I imagine I have little bits of scripts and scraps from the rest of the day. Not everything's going to cost exactly 10000 bucks. Yeah. So whatever I've left over, I give to another angel to get me there. What do, what do you think about uh, Sylvia Plath? Yeah, she's pretty good. I like that one poem, Daddy. <laughs> Is Frank in good health? Frank Jr.? Yeah, Frank Jr. I know we got him in a bag. Yeah, has he got tape over his mouth and uh, on his wrist? Yeah. Like, Wait. can he breathe? Hold on, hold on. 
I took the tape off his nose. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank God we asked. God, you know, we may have saved yeah. Frank Sinatra Jr. Yeah, so people should really rate and subscribe. <laughs> right. How's his spirits? Is he singing? I heard that he just, uh, when he's... Uh... No, he was covered up in just like old tape to like... 35 seconds ago. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we, right. in a, we put him in a big bag of onions. That was it. Time machine just shut off. So 1963, so th- is that how we end the year? Um, usually we end it on some sort of death. Well, uh... No, no the person oh, Michael Myers killed as a six-year-old died. Right. Oh, we should rate this year. I give 1963 a full-throated check plus. I don't think anything bad happened in 1963. I'm going to say nothing interesting happened. I'm going to say uh, fist. Fist. Fist means nothing interesting? It means fist. Way to have a show about nothing interesting. Um, Seinfeld? <laughs> I'm going to give 1963 five Ooh, five petticoats. All right, guys. So thanks for listening. That's the end of the show. Be sure to listen to our other shows. If you're new to the podcast, check out all the other years we've done and check us out at our website, yeartheweek.com. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram is really the best place for us. That's it. This is the year of the week.